Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Alexander Inman, here today with Miss Melissa Padezzi. <laughs> Melissa is a certified Christian mindset coach who helps mamas rekindle their lost joy in the in motherhood. Her superpower is helping moms stop being victims to the frustrations of life instead and instead take control to create the motherhood experience they dream of. I love that. I'm going to stop right there and I'll put the rest in the show notes because I just want to get into this conversation, ma'am. So first of all, Okay, so I've heard of a mindset coach. I don't know if many, how many people have, you know, how many of our listeners have heard of mindset coaches, but then I've never actually met a Christian mindset coach. Like, so have, you know, being branded that way. So tell me a little bit about mindset coaching and specifically a Christian mindset coach. Oh, yes, I'd love to. Um, mindset coaching is basically just taking a look inside what's going on in your mind that is literally creating the world that you're experiencing. If you're not experiencing a world that you're enjoying, then let's go back and see what we're thinking, what we're feeling, how we're creating that. And then we can move forward in a different way, in a better path in the way that we actually want to move forward in. So with Christian mindset coaching, it's the same thing as regular mindset coaching, but the principles of scripture layer right on top of the science of mindset coaching. The Bible tells us to take every thought captive and to be renewed by the transforming of our mind. And that's exactly what we do in mindset coaching. So I'm just a mirror for your thoughts. I help you see what's going on in there and what that's creating for you and if it's serving you or not. Gotcha. And I don't think, you know, we go through life so unconsciously and not even focusing on what's in here that's actually creating what's out here. Um, I don't think we, like most people don't realize that, you know, we create the life that we have based on our thoughts. Yes. Absolutely. But I mean, we have, you know, 60, 70,000 thoughts a day. There's no way that we can know all of them consciously. But when we can actually take a look and point our mind in the direction that we want it to focus on to build what we want, it's so powerful. Right. Awesome. Yes, it certainly is. And, you know, it's so funny because I just interviewed somebody and actually we kind of went down a little bit of that path, you know, because being Christian, both of us were, you know, and now you, it's just, it's kind of hard not to show. <laughs> For sure. Yes. For sure. I think it's amazing. Like God created us with these big, amazing, beautiful brains but we often don't put them to work. We feel victim to the what we've created in our life or what the circumstances around us. And we let that dictate how we move forward instead of actually believing what God tells us. If we take every thought captive, we will be renewed by the transforming of our mind. It's beautiful the way that it works that way. God designed us that way, but we so often just leave it to chance. We do, because you know what? We don't think we have any power. It's just going to happen. Oh, whatever will be, will be. And oh, this and oh, that. And actually, I am witness to speaking things that are not as if they are and for them actually coming to pass. And I was like, what? It really works. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And it's like, you know, when you're looking for a car, you're car shopping and you're looking for a specific kind of car, right? So you're after, we just got a Nissan Rogue. So you're looking for at the Nissan Rogues, you're test driving them. What do you see on the road when you're driving around? Everybody drives a Nissan Rogue. Look at all these Nissan Rogues, but it's not like this crazy coincidence. Our minds are actually looking for those things. And so they are trained to pick them out. 
And so anytime that we've got something that we're focused on, we will see more of that no matter what it is. Right. So it's like that, you know, we say in my field where attention goes, behavior grows, right? So it's the same sort of thing, right? Where we, what, whatever we set our attention attention to and maybe also our intention that's what we see like yeah absolutely I am a big believer in intention and every morning setting your focus for the day and one that I've been really focused on lately is I am for my kids not against them because I think when we get you know we're in the mom mode we've got the to-do list of all of the things we want to get done our children are the complete opposite of that. And they butt up against all of the things we want to do during the day. And it's so easy to see them as the enemy. Mm-hmm. When in reality, what I want more than that to-do list done is a thriving life with my kids. And so they're not the enemy. I am for my kids, not against them. And so I start the day with that intention. And I make my mind start looking for that in every way that I can find it as I go throughout the day to reinforce that. Because I've got an, an old rut in my brain neuroscience, we dig these, you know, ruts in our brain that have kept us alive thus far. And it's really easy to fall into that path that, you know, no, I've got to get this stuff done. This stuff is what's most important, but I'm determined that I'm going to dig a new rut over here. And it takes a lot of practice and intention. Absolutely. It does. Cause you know what, all the things they will pass, but then once you miss those moments with your children, you cannot get them back. I know. I know. And I know, I know it feels like mamas, there's some moments that you just want to just skip right over. Like, let's just go ahead and leap past that one. That one would be great. But when we can look back in the overall, the overall encompassing years when they're young, when we're with them, when we can give our full presence, what an impact we get to have. And we miss that so much because the amount of work that moms do is insane. I read a statistic the other day that moms, no matter whether they work in outside of the home or their stay at home, work an average of 106 hours a week. Whoa, that is amazing. Yeah. Let that sink in for a minute. There's not enough time to do all of that. So no wonder we're missing what we really want because we're stuck in this idea that we've got to be busy. All of these things have to be done. But I challenge, do they? And if they do, do you have to be the one that does them? Because that's not a way to live your life. You can't just be a to-do list doer. You are mom, you are wife, you are friend, you are sister, you are daughter, you are all of these things that get, they don't make it onto a to-do list. But if we let our to-do list crowd them out, then we're missing out on the life that we want. So true. And, you know, our children remember the times that we spent with them, like those little moments, and they don't have to be a long time. You know, they can just be a few minutes that you've really intentionally spent with them instead of, you know, the doing, doing. And, you know, my husband has to keep reminding me we're human beings, not human doings, you know, so just take some time to be. Absolutely. Yes. And there's so much truth in what you're saying. We have what we call special time in our house, even though our boys are preteens and teens now. Um, but we spend 15 minutes undivided attention with each kiddo one-on-one, whatever they want to do. And we'll alternate, they get to pick. And then we get to pick because when they pick, it's usually wrestling and I get hurt because they're bigger than me now. Um, and so (laughs) I'll pick something calm, like let's play a game of Uno. And they're like, okay, we can play Uno, but just that 15 minutes of connection time with them resets that relationship. And it allows you to pour into them in those moments where there's nothing else distracting you. And so there's so much truth in that in just those intentional moments that we can build. Yes, there are things that still have to be done. Of course, like 
we can't just let all of the laundry pile up forever because then we'll be running around naked and that wouldn't work out, right? So yeah. we have to do some things, but we can balance that with the intention and the the purposeful time that we choose how to spend. Yeah. And we can also do the laundry together. That's another, you know, that's a more time that you get to spend in addition to those 15 minutes, you know, because you said, why does it always have to be mom doing it? Right. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So I want to know though, what the real reason is that kids are making us crazy and what we do about it. <laughs> they're, they're making us crazy. What do you mean? <laughs> Oh, I don't oh. know. <laughs> oh my word. I've caught myself saying that probably the past two weeks, like 15 times, like they, they're making me crazy. And then I'm like, no, wait a minute, Melissa. Nobody has any power to make you feel anything. You are not a victim to this. You are choosing to be crazy with the thoughts you're thinking about this. And even just by telling myself, my kids are making me crazy that activates my brain. Let's find all of the ways that the children are making us crazy today. Oh, there's a candy wrapper on the couch. There's a spill in the sink. There's, I mean, there's messes everywhere. They are asking me 8,000 questions. I'm literally typing and they think that the question about the sun is more important at this moment than what I'm doing. Your brain will start to find all of that evidence. And so what we're telling ourselves is so important, so important. I was unloading the dishwasher the other day and I caught myself getting really frustrated. And um, we've started a new plan in our house. We run the dishwasher every night so that we always have clean dishes because we were running out and it was crazy. So we just run it every night and then we empty it in the morning. And I've been the one emptying it in the morning because I can. But I was like, why? I'm slamming dishes around. Why am I the only one that empties the dishwasher? Why am I the only one that can do it? This isn't fair. No one else does anything. And then I was like, oh. That's a sad little story you're telling yourself there. It's not making you feel any better. And while it may be true in this moment, it's not true 100% of the time. And even if it was true, I can tell myself a different story about it that doesn't have me smoke coming out of my ears, throwing dishes on the counter in a much more peaceful way to move forward. Like this is an excellent way I get to serve my family. A look at these clean dishes we have. We had food provided for us and now we have clean dishes to eat on again. When we can tell ourselves a different story, it makes all of the difference. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, because we put ourselves in those moments without even realizing it. You know, it's just like... um I was speaking to Robin about the fact that, you know, she actually had a foot condition because she kept saying, I can't stand this. And mm -hmm. then... Now she can't stand it. She spoke it into her life, you know, until she changed what she was saying, then the condition changed. So we have to, you know, just remember how powerful our words are. For sure. And I think they are so important. You are 100% right. And we've been talking about that, but there's a really important step that people often miss. And that's the emotional component. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts create our feelings that we're experiencing and in that moment when I'm frustrated, I can't just pick a different thought and not be frustrated anymore. I've already generated all of that frustration in my body. And unless I choose to feel that and let it move through my body, it's going to be stuck in there. And then we hold it down. We're like, I shouldn't feel this way. There's a keyword that you are holding something down. I should, the shoulds are never a good sign when they start showing up. They mm -hmm. just breed guilt and shame. 
But when that frustration is there and we build a layer upon layer upon layer that we are not allowing ourselves to feel, it's like holding a beach ball underwater. Mm. We've all been with our kids in a pool. They hold the beach ball underwater. And then what happens? Eventually they can't hold it anymore and it pops up. It smacks somebody in the face. There's a bloody nose in the pool. Somebody's crying. It's never great. And our feelings are the same way. We can hold them down for a certain amount of time, but they are going to explode out on those that we love in the most unloving ways. And so we have to learn to be present with our feelings. We're humans Mm -hmm. and humans were made to have a wide range of emotions and access to all of them. But somewhere along the way, we've internalized this message that some feelings are okay and some are not safe or some good girls don't feel. And that's not true at all, but that keeps us hiding those Mm -hmm. and suppressing them and keeps us from being fully free to then tell the story a different way because we're stuck in those old emotions. So I think that's an important part that a lot of people miss. We just think we can thought swap. So I'm thinking that my kids are making me crazy. Now I think my kids are a blessing. Well, that sounds great. It doesn't feel great though, because you're going to be gritting your teeth going, oh, my kids are such a blessing and it doesn't feel genuine. You can't connect with that. It doesn't change anything until we dig deeper and feel that emotional part that's there and move forward with that. Right. So then just sit with it for a minute. That's what you're saying. Like just accept the feeling. And then, so after I've accepted it, what am I doing with it? Feelings are like their movement in your body, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like energy. And so we've got to move a lot of times to move those emotions through us. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere someone's told us that when I feel angry, if I lean into that anger, I'm going to feel it for days. It's going to be stuck with me. If I lean into sadness, I'm never going to dig my way out. Emotions take about 90 seconds to move through our body. And that kind of astounded me when I first started learning this. I was like, no, there's no way. But if you just take a moment and sit with your feeling, I like to put my hand where I feel it. And so like my chest is tight. Um, so I'll put my hand lovingly there and I'll just sit with the emotion and feel it. I'll give it a color sometimes to kind of remove myself out of it. And then I move my body. A lot of times I take a walk. My neighbors probably think I'm crazy. I've been known to walk around the block crying because, you know, I've just got to move and get it out. Um, I'll tense up my muscles sometimes, like from my fingertips all the way up to my shoulders and to my neck and then release them with a big, deep breath to move those emotions out. Um, kickboxing is great if you're feeling angry to get some of that movement in to move those emotions through. But those are fantastic ways to start the process. And so, yes, sit with it and then move it through. Right. Because then I think what we tend to do, though, instead of sitting with it, we're attaching all these stories to it. Well, the last time they did this and the last time they said this and and then it becomes hours and days. That's when it becomes hours and days. Right. Instead Mm -hmm. of just realizing it and sitting with it, like you said, for the 90 seconds and just let it, you know, let it be. Yes. And it is okay to feel every single emotion that you feel. If you feel like it is not valid, it is friends. I want you to hear that today. Whatever you're feeling is 100% valid, but you don't have to respond out of that emotion. Mm. And I think that's where we get ourselves in trouble is we respond out of anger. We respond out of sadness. We respond out of frustration instead of letting it pass and then choosing a new way forward. So you can feel anything, please do, please feel those feelings so that you have more of control of how you show up to life. 
Awesome. And then how do we teach our children to do the same? Oh, they learn so much by watching you. It is incredible. When mama decides she's going to take control of her thoughts and feelings and create her reality that she wants, the kids see that. And they also get to see a mother who's not doing it perfectly because we're human and we're going to make mistakes. And they get to see her show up to the relationship and say, hey, there's something I need to repair here. I didn't do a great job here and I'm sorry. I responded out of anger when you came to ask me that question because I was feeling very overwhelmed in that moment and that's not okay. I'm really sorry for the way I responded and what I, I would like to do moving forward is we can set up this system. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, I can let you know and I can take a moment and then come back and answer your question. Whatever that is, you're modeling for them how to be emotionally resilient adults. They're learning by watching you. And then of course we can start to teach our kiddos ways to move those big feelings because they're very comfortable with their big feelings at this point. Um, we can teach them ways to move them through their body. Um, we can teach them how to tear up little pieces of paper or put them in the shredder when we're feeling really frustrated and have big emotions. We can throw the ball against the wall, all these safe ways to move those emotions through our bodies. And they can start learning that now so that when they're adults feeling these big feelings, they don't feel like they have to hide them from anybody. They can process them and then pick how they show up. Ooh, that is so powerful, Melissa. Oh my goodness. Because, you know, so often we tell them, you know, don't get angry, don't this and don't that. Like, feel your feelings. Because if you don't, it literally bottles up and some people use a bottle to release those feelings, right? Mm -hmm. you know, bottles with different substances in them to release those feelings. So it's just so important that we we face them and get comfortable with them because when they don't, because then when they're not comfortable, then it leads to issues, yes? Yes, absolutely. And I don't know that we can ever be comfortable with some emotions, but mm -hmm. we can be willing to sit in them. We can be willing to feel them. I think a lot of times what we want is on the other side of feeling that feeling that we don't want to feel. And so we don't necessarily have to be comfortable with them. It doesn't have to feel great. It doesn't have to be a seat of this is nice and cushy and we can hang out here for a while, mm -hmm. but just being open and willing to have that human experience to be like, I can listen to whatever message you have to tell me because all the emotions are doing is giving us a message. And if we can sit with them and move them through our body, we can often hear a really loving message that they have for us when all it sounds like they're doing at the beginning is just yelling at us and putting us down and just feeling really icky. And I want to get to that point where I can listen to what they're telling me. And it's usually that, you know, you care a lot about this thing. This is really important to you. And so we need to maybe set up some boundaries around that or set up a better system for that or it can be any number of things that your, your emotions are telling you, but we can slow down and listen to them and the loving message that they have for us once we're on the other side. Right. And we can listen to anything for 90 seconds. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Cause, and I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up though. Cause I think that having people understand that emotions they only last, you know, they're only with us for 90 seconds at a time, then it doesn't feel so overwhelming. It's like, oh, I can, who can't do anything for 90 seconds? So just like you said, sit with it. Cause then it just, when we, 
it's all, like I said before, it's all the stories that we attach to them that make them big. And why would you want to, and I'm not saying that we want to, but it's, it's better than the alternative of having something last days and days and days and, you know, or hours. For sure. And we tell ourselves a lot of stories too, not just about the reasons that we feel that, but about what it means about us that we're feeling this emotion, especially when we have those negative stories that we've been telling ourselves about anger or sadness or frustration, whatever that is. But because we're feeling that we're wrong or we shouldn't feel this way, this should be easier. And when we get stuck in those shoulds, we are just heaping on that guilt and shame and no one operates well out of guilt and shame. And so we have to be conscious too of what we're telling ourselves about our feelings. It's this whole little circle that just goes round and round, but our thoughts create our feelings. And then we start thinking things about what we're feeling. And then we go back and forth and it's this tangled mess. It feels like instead we can just lean into them. We can sit with them. We can welcome them in and say, okay, anger, you're here. What is it you have to say to me? I'm going to move my body. I'm going to get you through. And what is it that you're trying to tell me? How do you want me to move forward? Because emotions aren't truth tellers, but they are certainly indicators that we can learn from. And so I think that's also something that gets people in a lot of trouble is they're like, I feel this way. This must be true. Mm. No, it's a feeling and it's created by your thoughts and it, it can tell you something. It can teach you something, but it does not necessarily bring truth with it. It's just based on whatever reality is at the moment. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's based on whatever you're thinking at the moment, for sure. Yeah. You're thinking your kids are making you crazy and that's making you feel angry. Well, I mean, you're creating that <laughs> good news, bad news, right? Like <laughs> I, I would love it if there was something I could do, like a little system that we could put together that they don't make me crazy anymore. Well, actually there kind of is, but it's all in my control. It, I don't have to change them at all. I get to change me from the inside out. I get to calm the chaos inside so I can show up more present for the chaos out there and in the way that I want to. And so instead of letting them make me crazy, instead of being a victim, I'm going to take the reins here. You don't get to make me anything. You get to be whatever you are in this moment. You get to be as crazy and as messy, whatever it is, you get to bring that. And I get to bring me still centered, still peaceful, still present, still not crazy. And we can meet there in the middle. Yes. And then you're modeling for them how to be centered and, um, you know, so that they can take that and embody that as well. Yes, for sure. Wow. That is beautiful. So beautiful. Because, and you know, I just, I keep wanting to just emphasize the fact that if we don't do it ourselves, they're not going to do it. You know, because children don't know what they don't know. And as parents, I mean, parents don't know what you what they don't know, which is why we're here. Right? right. So we're not, none of this is coming from a place of judgment. It's coming from a place of um, inform, information, right? Of education, because, you know, I'm learning all of this. And I've, you know, recently I've, I've been on a journey to, and um, to figure out, you know, to take care of me. Because I know when I bet when I take care of me best, I can take care of others, right? I can Absolutely. show up, you know, for others. So, Absolutely. Yes, that's so good. And I think it models for children to like just being willing to grow and to learn and what a valuable skill as they continue to learn and grow 
they don't have much of a choice in it in some of the areas right now, but when they get to choose as they get older, I saw my mom learning and growing and mm-hmm. taking steps to take care of herself and to make the world a better place where she was. And I want to do the same thing. It normalizes that. It normalizes looking into what's going on in our mind and taking care of that and feeling our feelings and taking care of that. And we could all use a little more normalization of that, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, it's funny because just the other day was what world kindness day. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. we really need a day to, you know, like, shouldn't this, it should be like world kindness here. It should be world kindness forever. You know, right. <laughs> something like kindness should be commonplace. I think, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not. Unfortunately it's not, but there is still plenty of kindness. And when we put our brain to look for it, we see it everywhere, all around us and the littlest things to the huge acts of kindness that we can see. And so we can focus on that instead of all the ways that it's not, because we certainly could go down that rabbit hole, but I would much prefer to live in a world where I choose the best. And I firmly believe that everyone's doing the best they can with what they have. And with that mindset, it allows us to be a little more flexible in our thinking when there's something that we come up against that we don't agree with or don't understand. Well, perhaps they're just doing the best they can with what they have. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I mean, cause you know what they say, if we knew better, we do better. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of judging, we want to, we should, we educate, you know, and I, I was going to say that S word, you know, should. So, yeah, that one, but <laughs> We educate because, yeah, we keep, you know, like somebody says, shitting all over ourselves. And when we do that, like you said, it's, it's, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't take us anywhere that's peaceful. And, you know, it's, it's, it's guilt, right? It's like when, when we should, we keep thinking of, you know, it's like, oh, I could have, and I should have, why didn't I? And blah, blah. it just goes down this ugly rabbit hole. Yes. And it just pits our expectations against reality, which is where a lot of the frustration and the burnout and the overwhelming motherhood comes from is that we set these really high bars for ourselves, for our loved ones, mm-hmm. for what our experience is going to be. And then it comes crashing up against reality because there's lots of people involved in our life and kids have their own agendas <laughs> and they're not usually in line with ours. And so when those two things clash together, it just breeds resentment and it breeds overwhelm because we feel like we're doing something wrong or that there's something wrong with us, mm-hmm. but that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not true at all. You are perfectly perfect the way you are. You are just the mom your kids need. It's just, you have these bars set that maybe need to be reevaluated. Maybe we need to dismantle the bars altogether mm-hmm. and then we can show up in a different way to meet the reality, that chaos that's happening yeah. in a different way than expecting or hoping that it's just going to be different. That doesn't work out so well for me. I don't know about for you, but <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And the other thing is to meet each child where they are. Cause we try to, and I know that was something that I did that if I could do it all over again, I would change. I treated my boys. I like the same, I dressed them the same people that ask, are they twins? No, but I didn't want one to feel that, you know, I preferred the other. And I would ask them, who's my favorite. And they point to each other. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Cause you know, I didn't want them to, you know, but then I treated them the same. They didn't need the same things. They needed different. And I did them a disservice 
by treating them the same. And I know that now. And I told them, I want to do over. If there is like a way that we can come back again, I want them again so I can do it. But I want to know what I know now. <laughs> mm. Yes, that's the secret to all of it, right? That would never happen. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no shame or guilt in the way that you did. You were doing the best that you could with what you had. Yeah. And you've communicated that with them, that you would love to do it differently, that you understand things from a different perspective now. And that's a gift to them too, to be able to realize I can't do over life, but I can come back to new realizations. Mm -hmm. I can have new thoughts and feelings about the situation and I can go make amends the best that I can, even though I cannot redo this actual thing. So I think that's beautiful. You did it. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, my babies are like, oh my gosh, amazing. Cause my younger son, uh, my older son who actually created this, he is, um, his body is no longer here with us on earth. Um, but my younger son was like, mom, I don't want you to redo it because we had a great childhood. And I was just like, oh, because I, from where I sit, I think of all the things that I could have done better, you know? Mm. And he's like, he had a great childhood. I was like, okay, you know? Yes, there's those expectations versus reality again, even in thinking back to the past and what you should have done or could have done was creating a lot of pain for you and feeling like you needed to go back and do it over again. But in reality, their experience was a really positive one. Yeah. And so when we can look at it from a different perspective too, and take some time to feel those feelings, it's okay to feel disappointed at the way it, it worked out now that you know what you know, but yeah. that doesn't mean that you need to do it over or that you did anything wrong. Right. And I said that just to, you know, give parents that freedom. Cause you know, I spoke, thankfully Dre and I had that conversation before he passed and, you know, cause I'd asked them to rate me as a mother and they would be like, Oh, you do it. You know? So that way I knew what I needed to adjust. And they were like, no, we're fine. Everything's good. And I was just like, I'm not perfect. Like, tell me what, 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 you know? So they were happy children. And for that, I, you know, I feel really blessed. And I said that to say, you know, so many parents out there, they're feeling that guilt for no reason. So free yourself of that, please. Yes. The world needs more free moms for yeah. sure. I am firmly in that camp. Let's free up the space that we take up in our brains with all of this junk that isn't serving us. We don't, we're doing the best we can with what we have. We don't know there's a different way, but there is and it's available to us and we can take out the trash literally and figuratively get rid of it in our brains and we can decide what it is we want to create we want to live a motherhood of purpose and presence then we get to create that and how beautiful is that so when we say the real reason the kids are making us crazy it's really a double-edged sword because well it's you <laughs> you're the one doing it but that's good news bad news yeah. The bad news is, I mean, you are where you are and we can feel kind of stuck in that. But the good news is knowing that there's so much power in how you can move forward. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what Miss Melissa is all about, helping you claim that power. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. So Melissa, if there's one thing you want people to leave this moment with, what would that be? I think moms need to hear they are not alone. You may be physically alone in your circumstances, but there is a vast community of women who feel the same way that you do, who are experiencing some of the same hurts that you are, 
and the frustrations and the overwhelm. You are not the only one. You are not alone. And there are so many of us that would love to walk with you and to stand beside you. And it takes vulnerability and it takes so much courage to raise your hand and say, I'm feeling so stuck. I'm feeling so overwhelmed and lost. And I I just feel like I've lost my joy or my purpose, whatever it is. It takes so much vulnerability to stand up and say that, but you're not alone in feeling that way. And there are so many people who would love to walk with you through that, either on the other side, because they've come through it and know what it's like to be in your shoes and they've been there and walked through it, or as a companion side by side to walk out of it with you. So that's just something I love to tell moms because I feel like we feel so isolated Mm. in an ever-connected world. We are so connected to everything. We were never meant to have access to everyone's highlight reel, but that's what we see is the good moments and we compare and we say, there is no way that I'm doing this right because look at them. That's happy. That looks fun. This is not, but you are not alone. You are not a special unicorn. That's the only person in the world to feel this way and to be all alone. You're in good company and there's so many of us that would love to walk with you. Yes. And even the people with the highlight reels, they have their moments too. (laughs) For sure. That's just a highlight reel. And I think we know that in our brains, but subconsciously we interpret that as that is their lived experience, the totality of it, instead of just knowing what we know and that it's just the highlight reel. They have their moments too, but we use that to further put ourselves inward in that guilt and shame stuffing that we're doing because look at them they're doing it i should be able to do that too and i'm not right and so we end up underneath all of this and the only way to get out of the darkness of shame is to bring a light on it mm-hmm. and when we when we raise our hands and we say i'm here we shed that light on it even if no one responds in that moment, which I hope that they do, even if no one responds in that moment, the way that you hope they do, you're bringing healing to yourself by opening up the door to that and saying it's here and I'm going to shine a light on it because I don't want to live in shame anymore. I'm going to put an exclamation point on that one because that was powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Miss Melissa. And how can people get a hold of you? Yes, I have made a special page just for you guys here. Um, it's momlifebydesign.com slash parenting with confidence. You guys can go there. You can get, um, I've got a free resource for you for some new thoughts to think. Um, if you're like, I want to try some of this new, pointing my brain in a new direction, but I have no idea what to pick. Mm-hmm. I've got a free download that's got quite a few thoughts. You can try one on, see how it feels. And then if you are ready to not be alone, to not walk this motherhood journey by yourself anymore, if you feel stuck and overwhelmed and frustrated, I have been there and I am on the other side and I would love to walk with you. I have a spot where you can claim a free 30-minute coaching call. We're going to dig in to why the kids are making you crazy, why your to-do list is going to be your undoing, whatever it is that's going on in your life that's causing you pain. And you're going to leave with an action step to move forward with more peace and purpose. And before you dismiss me saying, I'm a mom, it's crazy in my house. I cannot jump on a 30-minute call. Bring your crazy. It's okay. It's crazy here sometimes too. The kids screaming, the laundry piles, it doesn't bother me. It's all welcome and expected on the call. And we can just talk together and help you move in the direction of the life that you want. So those are available to you at the link. It'll be in the show notes. um, And I would love to connect with you there. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Melissa. And to our audience, thank you so much for listening or watching wherever you listen uh, to your favorite podcast. And please share this information. It will free you. It certainly will. So that you can parent with confidence. <laughs>